Hi everyone, I'm Sam. I'm Darby. And welcome to ST, where we talk about all things aesthetics while spilling a little tea. All right, everyone, welcome to our very first episode. So we've actually been trying to record this for a long time. I felt like we would make episodes and we would kind of think too much about it, but we kind of thought instead of doing a super boring intro about what we do, um, we just want to make a little bit more of a fun episode today. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So... um, For our very first episode, we're actually going to be talking about confessions of our esthetician career. So disclaimer, these are things that we did our very first years of being an esthetician. It's not anything recent. So any clients of mine that are listening, please don't think that I do these things um, to you for your appointments, but there were just a little bit funny stories that we kind of dealt with as a new SD or as new estheticians. Yep same year I don't also do those things sometimes you know we're just silly goofy girls and we mess up here and there but nothing like how we did in the beginning and we're just here to make you feel comfortable that you're not alone if you're nervous or anything starting out as an esthetician we're all there we've all been there Mm -hmm. and it's just a part of the process it builds character and makes you who you are yeah and I mean we're licensed estheticians but we're also humans so everyone makes mistakes and we thought it'd be funny for you know other estheticians to listen and probably relate to some of these stories so these like I said are the first two maybe first year or two of being an esthetician. So the first one I wrote down, so none of this is scripted, we're just kind of going with the flow, but we kind of wrote down little bullet points of these stories. So my very first one that I wrote down was, um, I think this was my very first year being an esthetician, I still wasn't super comfortable or super confident in what I was doing. Um, so I think I probably blacked out before <laughs> blacked out before taking this client. I think it might have been like my first week accepting appointments and I forgot to um, turn on the hot towel warmer. So, you know, if you're an esthetician, you know it can take forever for a towel warmer to warm up. So I pretty much just made this story in my head or I kind of just thought to myself, like, I'm going to just pretend that this person has sensitive skin no matter what their skin looks like. And I'm just going to convince them that their skin is way too sensitive for hot towels and that I was going to be using the lukewarm towels the whole facial. And they believed me. And he was actually kind of red and sensitive, but I just thought... I didn't want to admit that I just forgot to make the hot towels or turn on the warmer. I feel I love that. I feel like that's something I would do too, but also it's believable. So I think that's a great cover up story. I, I would use it today. I felt really bad the whole time. Honestly, I felt like, I don't know, just like my career was over. (laughs) But I mean, it was kind of innocent, but you know, I'm sure there's other institutions out there that have forgotten too. Okay, so my first um, story was when I um, had started out doing facials first, and I just didn't really know a whole, like, I feel like I had the whole women's facial, just normal facial down to a T, and I had never encountered a men's facial with a man who had facial hair, 
And I'd asked one of my coworkers beforehand, like, okay, give me the quick rundown. Like, I was so stressed. I was like, I have a male. And I, cause I got a quick glance at him beforehand and I saw that he had facial hair. And mind you, it was probably the length of a grain of rice. <laughs> Nothing crazy at all. Like, not a full beard or anything, just a little stubble. And so I like grabbed one of my coworkers before and I was like, oh my gosh, my client, he's a male, he has facial hair. I've never done this before. What do I do? And she was like, well, I think in her mind, I didn't like disclose that it was like the length of a grain of rice. And she was like, well, it can be kind of painful when you like massage over that area. So just like kind of avoid it, blah, blah, blah. So in my mind, I was just like, all right, I'm just not going to touch that area at all. (laughs) And so I do the facial and that's literally what I do is not touch that area at all. So he just got the facial on his cheekbones and forehead. And literally the only time I touched his beard was I put like a little enzyme peel over it because she was like, yeah, you can put a light enzyme peel, but no kind of massage or anything. So looking back, I just really cringe. It was like the longest facial in my life because I'm like, how much, how many more movements can I do on his forehead and cheekbone area? Did he say anything? Like, did he notice? No. How do you feel now about men's facials? Much better. Very much better. I don't love them, but. Um, Our next one or my next one. uh, So this is, again, years ago. So I remember I was... (laughs) All right, so this one is a little messed up. I feel bad for this. Okay, let's try not to laugh. But so at the spa job that I very first got, for some reason it was super cold in the back spa area. And I remember the clients were freezing. I was freezing, so I had to, like, keep my – keep my sweater on at all times. I would put the towel or the bed warmer up at the highest setting that I could. But I remember clients would always say like, oh, it's super cold. Can you turn up the bed warmer? And like in my head, um, I, I knew that the bed warmer was the highest that I can go. So I would pretend to go. I'm like, yeah, of course. So I would pretend to like click the um, the bed warmer setting. So I would like turn it down and then turn it back up. And then I would tell him like, if you feel like it gets too warm, just let me know. <laughs> and I remember just thinking in my head, I'm like, maybe it can be like a placebo effect where, <laughs> you know, because isn't that true? Like, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So I was I was thinking, I'm like, hopefully they feel warmer. But every time I would ask like, oh, are you feeling a little better? And they're like, yeah, of course. Like I'm mm-hmm. feeling a little warmer or whatever so I would lie all the time about it I mean that wasn't my fault though because the tools they provided I feel like were always just not working the best but wait so the bed warmer didn't work no it did but it didn't get warm enough like oh. it just didn't feel warm so I would always lie about that's that so funny. and I felt bad oh well that's part of our job yeah. as estheticians we gotta lie <laughs> got, just gotta kidding lie. I mean it wasn't anything super serious so I felt okay with lying about it but I felt bad because they didn't have you know they had like the thinnest little blanket that I had to robe on so yeah oh that's not the best one. experience but no. that's okay mm-hmm. only up from there yep All right. Well, my next story, it's also a little messed up, but um, this was in the beginning of my, so my very first esthetician job uh, was as an esthetician was doing lash extensions and it was at a lash spa, quote unquote, and we did lash extensions and lash lifting and tinting, all that fun stuff. Um, So 
the job that I was at was not very professional as far as training goes, especially. And it was like one of my first lash lifting, lash lift and tint clients. And I hadn't been trained on it and it was on my books and I was like freaking out. So basically my boss's grand idea was just to talk me or like, just be like, just read the directions like beforehand. I had literally no training. Like I had seen the other girls at work do it, but I just like, I had no training, no idea what to do, which is like so dangerous especially putting those chemicals on your eyeballs, basically. Um, So I was doing it and I was so nervous. I felt so bad for my client. And a little fun fact about me is when I get nervous or just pretty much in general, I'm a sweater. I sweat a lot. Um, So I was just... So the way I was positioned was basically like a facial, like I'm hovering over somebody, it sounds bad. And then they're just like laying on the lash bed or whatever. And I'm like super close to their face and I'm like putting the lashes onto the rod and like just making conversation with the client. And I'm just like shaking basically and like externally sweating. And next thing you know, I see a little droplet bounce on their forehead of my sweat and literally I just wiped it off real quick and continued on my conversation and just blah 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 acted like it never happened I didn't know what to do and she definitely knew it happened because her she like bounced a little she like reacted to it so so I was hoping like oh maybe she didn't notice but no she definitely knew and I just acted like nothing happened kept the conversation going and went about my day I mean but how did it turn out Terrible. Really? (laughs) Terrible. At least I didn't like fry her lashes off. That's the only thing I was happy about. That's good. Well, (laughs) I mean, you do lashes or lash live intent still and you're better at it. Oh, yeah. I've like perfected them now. They're my favorite thing to do. All right. So my next story. Let's see here. I don't even know what I wrote down. Okay. So also at my old spa job. Um, we had these facial brushes that rotated and for some reason, I don't know why some facial machines, they have a super high setting. So like the, the facial brush rotates super, super fast. And I remember I was falling asleep because it was like winter time. It was super dark. And then I remember, I don't know, I just didn't get enough sleep the, the night before, of course. Um, or something. And um, I remember I was dozing off. And then all of a sudden, I felt like the the brush kind of tug a little bit. And then I noticed her hair got stuck in the brush. (laughs) And it looked so painful, because it literally, it wasn't just a little bit, it was like a whole chunk of hair. So like for 10 minutes, I was trying to like, take her hair out. And then I was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't know why the brush did that. But obviously, it was just because I was falling asleep. Oh, my God. Yeah, I ended up having to like rip some (laughs) hair. out I felt so bad and I was so traumatized from that point forward that like now when I do facials I mean I don't have facial brushes like that but I just make sure everyone's hair is really tucked in the Mm -hmm. towel because that was really I felt really bad I could see that happening though those brushes go like whippity fast I don't understand why the settings are so it's awful even on like the lowest set or is there just one setting I forget no it was like a dial so that's like I don't even know. Just fight or flight, blackout yeah. moment. I, I just for sure thought she would know that it, like I was just a new esthetician because I was. It was like my first year there, but that's okay. We're better at what We're we better do now. now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my next story. Um, so this we were the beginning days of SD, you know, doing facials and whatnot. And, and 
any esthetician, at least in this area, knows that esthetician school, you don't learn much about anything. Um, especially my school, I didn't learn anything about like what mold, like any like skin cancer, what anything on the skin looks like, which is very concerning. The one thing we should learn in esthetician school. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I had a client and she had just told me that she had this bump on her face and she's gone to other estheticians before and they didn't know and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, Oh, like I'll give her an answer. Yes. And so she was just talking to me. She just said that like, she used to have like a mole and over time it just got lighter and lighter. And so she said now she just has a bump and she wasn't sure if it was like a cyst or if she if it was just a pimple or what happened. And so I just figured that I would like try to extract it a little, put a little pressure in it, whatever, and nothing was happening. So at the place I was working was also a med spa, and so we had an injector there. And afterwards, I talked to the injector and just kind of said, hey, like my client had like this bump on her face. Would you want to take a look at it? And so I told that to my client. I was like, well, the injector will take a look at it, see if she can do anything. And so she took her in the room, lanced it, and it just started like bleeding like crazy. Oh Literally gosh. nothing came out. Like no kind of like like pus or anything came out it was literally just blood and so both of us weren't sure we literally had to put like a huge band-aid over her face and so we just suggested her to see a dermatologist and dermatologist came back she said it was just a mole and it just was she upset or no no um, she she never saw me again but maybe that's why yep. <laughs> makes sense yeah i feel like i mean did it look like a pimple to you or yeah 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 and so you just went. I just went for it. I went for it. Yeah. I mean, I've had, like Darby said, I feel like um, we didn't go to the same school. So I went to school here in Grand Rapids. And where did you go? Oh, I went to a school in Battle Creek. Okay. Slam Professional Academy. I don't mind roasting them. They were terrible. <laughs> yeah, I went to Douglas J. Aveda. And I mean, it wasn't a horrible experience, but I feel like it's pretty common for estheticians out there to say that like their school just didn't teach them anything. Like when you graduate school, you don't, you don't walk out of there knowing it all, or you don't really feel confident in what you do. So it really took me, I think three years to know what should be extracted and what shouldn't. So I don't blame you, but that's a little scary. Yep. Yep. A little scary, but at least you didn't sue me. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. So for my next story, I, um, so same thing with this old spa. So I'm not going to name any names, but, um, just know that the, the facial machines and the tools provided for us were just not top quality. And for some reason they didn't want to replace things, even though they really should have. Um, but at one point, one of the facial machines, they were like, I don't know what was wrong with the steamer, but it would spit out literally huge droplets of burning hot water. And I remember like there was just one specific facial room that everybody knew that that was the bad facial machine. And so I would do facials knowing that any second there was going to be spewing hot water coming out of this steam steamer. And of course I, I felt bad if the clients got burned. So I would have to shield their face with my arm and just get like third degree burns from this facial <laughs> machine. And I'm like, these people are paying literally so much money to relax. And I'm over here fighting for them to not get burned. And that was just, I mean, I guess it's kind of a confession. I mean, it wasn't anything to do with what I did wrong, but 
yeah, I felt really bad for anyone that booked an appointment. Well, it's also just a testament how much you we do for our clients. Exactly. We'll do anything for I'll our clients. I'll do anything. I'll get burned if I need to. But uh-huh. yeah, that was not a really good experience. But I don't know. I guess since it was my very first spa job that I've ever had, I kind of thought it was a normal thing to have to get burned by your <laughs> It's part of the job. Yeah. <laughs> so... So yeah, that was, I think that's all I have for actual client conversations. Do you have, or confessions, do you have any more with your clients? I don't know. I I mean, I'm sure there are more. I'm I'm just like traumatized, block them out. I know for a fact there is, but there is like, I have more, so doing lashes, you are more like talkative and have more interaction with your clients. So I have, I have stories for days, but we'll save that for another episode maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I guess we can kind of talk about a little bit about things that we do as estheticians that we maybe tell our clients not to do, like confessions of things that we know that it's not right to do, but we are, like, again, we're human and we make mistakes. So I guess we can talk about those things. Okay, so now we're going to talk about confessions of things that we do as estheticians or we used to do because I don't do these things anymore. I don't know about you. but Oh, I do sometimes. (laughs) Well, for me, um, like we said earlier, we didn't really learn a lot about products or what we should be using for our skin in esthetician school. So for the first two years of being an esthetician, honestly, it had a lot to do with not knowing what was right for my skin, but also... Skincare is really expensive. So for the first two years, I still use St. Ives uh, apricot scrub. And I use the clean and clear, the one with the beads in it. Um, And my skin obviously never changed and never got better. I always struggled with with acne. So I knew as an esthetician that I needed something else. But that's what I was using. Well, I can relate to that too. I also, well, when I was in like middle school, high school growing up, all I would literally all I would use and I thought it was just like the end all be all the best product of in the world was coconut oil. And I would recommend it literally to everyone I came in contact with because I mean, growing up, I was pretty fortunate to have pretty clear skin. I was like more on the drier side, if anything. And so everyone would be like, what do you use on your skin? And I was like, the secret is coconut oil. And then, you know, come to find out, oh, it's terrible for your skin. But I would literally use that as cleanser, as moist. I would literally put it on as like my quote moisturizer. I would put it on my lash line because I like read that it could make your eyelashes grow. I was like, this is the miracle. Like it's like going to save your life, coconut oil. Um, And that reminds me, I want to say to that, I feel like I mean, Darby has amazing skin ever since I met her. Like, she doesn't have your typical, like, you can barely see her pores. Like, she has really nice skin. But that kind of goes to show that, like, even if someone that has flawless skin tells you to use coconut oil, don't believe them because Mm -hmm. they never had skin issues. So they're just telling you that because they probably just don't know any better. But, yeah, exactly. I wonder how many people's skin you messed up. I know, literally. Oh, I can tell my my actual story now. Um, So mine is, oh, yeah, this is Brad, but I do use tanner. I go to the tanners, or I went to the tanners literally every single day in esthetician school. I don't go anymore, so that's good. Um, Sometimes in the winter, I will say, if I just want to feel warm. These Michigan winters are rough. It's nice to feel warm. So sometimes I will go. Wait, you said you still do? Sometimes. (gasps) 
I have I didn't go one time last winter, but the okay. winter before I still like went a couple times, not regularly, but just to feel warm. So I'm not. So I'm naturally tan. I'm blessed. I'm Hispanic, <laughs> and I'm literally brown all the time. But wh- how long do you typically stay in a tanning bed? Or mm, I would do like twelve minutes. Okay, but it's like you're literally laying in a bed of yep. full UV lights. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yep, just baking away. Oh. Um, and then as far as like sunscreen goes in the summer, I will admit I don't put it on my body. I'll try to, but I just like want to get tan. I'm just a white girl trying to live your dream, my dream. Like I just want to be, have some color. To be fair, Michigan, I feel like our summers are so short that I don't blame you for trying to get a little bit color naturally, but yeah. I still, I still like lather my face in SPF because I'm like, I don't want my face to age, but my body, whatever, mm-hmm. which is probably pretty messed up, but whatever. I mean, hey, at least you're confessing. Exactly. You know? And I never learn because I burn every single year. Like I have to get one good burn in and then I get Not a nice tan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so do bad. you burn and then. Yeah. Ask. I get a nice okay. tan, nice. but nice. it takes a while. Mm-hmm. And then I lose, if I don't keep up with it, I lose my tan in like a week. So mm-hmm. it's rough. It's not even worth it. It's a struggle. Yeah. Every white girl knows. Well, I mean, since we're talking about sunscreen, I wear sunscreen every day. To be honest, I feel like it's kind of hard to for me to keep up with my body sunscreen for some reason, but I'm the same way. I, I always cover my face and neck with sunscreen, and I reapply every two hours. But for some reason, when it comes to body sunscreen, it's just hard for me to keep up with it but I do try to wear it as much as possible especially if I'm going outside okay well my next one oh so doing lashes I would literally tell every single client of mine to cleanse their lashes like it was no tomorrow like I would go through everything with the importance of cleansing lashes and it is very important but I myself I don't even own them lash cleanser seriously I shouldn't be admitting and she, that she's the lash tech here yeah uh-huh oh my and I, I've told you countless times All to cleanse time. yours and I still haven't told you that so that's yeah. even I get lashes and I remember so Darby used to do my lashes we used to work together and I remember asking her like how often should I be cleansing and she's like every day I'm like, really? Every day? And I honestly didn't know until today that you didn't. I know. (laughs) I've been gatekeeping. Do they fall out? No. No? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. I just don't have that much, many like oils that build up, but I should cleanse mine. Maybe I'd have better retention, but I don't Mm -hmm. have the worst retention, so. Does your lash girl know that you don't wash it? Oh, yeah. She can tell. She'll tell that they're dirty. Sometimes I'll cleanse them, like, before my fill. Like, I'll go – she has a cleanser there, like, in the bathroom, and I'll cleanse them really good before I get my fill done. So say you have a lash client and they don't wash it. Uh Do you get upset about it? Like, to myself, no, because I'm like, that's me, these crusty girls' lashes. Like, that's how my lash check is. Like, she's thinking that about me. She's thinking, oh, these girls' crusty lashes. But I do be like – I can tell when they don't cleanse them so I'm like you really need to hit them with the cleanser more I can tell and I make them feel bad but um, I, I actually mean, don't feel bad honestly I feel like cleansing lashes for me so all my lash checks have always told me like use a little brush I just kind of put the cleanser on my finger and like kind of rub it by the lash line is that good enough or no mm, no you should be using a little oh. eyeshadow brush okay. 
well, since you don't do it, I don't right. feel like <laughs> um, For me, I guess something that I tell my clients not to do is to pick at their skin. And I really don't anymore because I don't break out nearly as much as I used to in my life. But I did pick my skin literally like two days ago. So I have this like scab on my chin. And I don't know why. It just like came back to me, my picking tendencies. So... That's another confession I have. Yeah, mine kind of goes along with that. It's like popping pimples. Like for the most part, I'm pretty good about like not popping them because my skin stays red. Like that area stays red for so long. So I try to like avoid it at all costs. But sometimes it's really hard not to just go for it and pop one. Yeah. And then another one was mine was makeup wipes, which I don't use every day. But if I'm ever like staying out of friends house or on vacation I do use some makeup wipes and sometimes mm-hmm. they're like Neutrogena but Yikes. I just don't want to you know I just want easy easy steps don't do that guys yeah, don't especially <laughs> especially if you wear makeup I I'm not really a makeup wearer but I feel like makeup wipes just I mean they literally don't do anything to your skin so double cleanse but I mean yep. this is a confession yep. uh, just being honest show, so so I have a question. Um, since you don't cleanse your lashes every day, do you change your? <laughs> You're like back to the lashes. <laughs> no, no, I mean it has nothing to do with lashes. But do you change your pillowcase often? Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. I yeah, like once a week. Maybe okay, I should be doing good. it more. I don't know. Um, I have a confession, but I always share this with my clients. So sometimes I just take off my dirty pillowcase and I put a clean T-shirt on. And that's my pillowcase. So my You're, bed. What? That is yes. so. Yes. So what? I think it's better than having a dirty so one. Funny. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't even think of that. It's a good hack. It's a good hack because you have a clean t-shirt and dirty pillowcase. And if I'm too lazy to wash it, I just. So right now, if you go into my room, there is literally a, a shirt on my so pillow. Funny. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. would never think to do that ever. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a good life hack. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. start doing that. I love it. So I didn't write anything else down, but we can kind of think about other little confessions that we have. Just random know. life confessions. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know kidding. if we should get that deep <laughs> with this episode, but. Okay, so we actually didn't have a super long list of confessions in the treatment room. So I think that's a pretty good thing because. I mean, I've been an esthetician for six years, so for me not to have that much to say, I think, is a win. Same here. I couldn't agree more. I was expecting it to be way worse, and they're not even that bad. No, they're not. So I guess now we can talk about some things that we can't live without as an esthetician or something you can't go without, like, every day in Mm -hmm. your routine. Yeah. Well, for me, I feel like it's going to be different for everyone, just depending on skin type and whatnot. But for me and my routine, one thing, as tired as I am or whatever, obviously I'll cleanse my face and I'll always, like if I'm just going to do one product, I'll moisturize my skin because I am a very dry girly. Mm -hmm. And literally the next morning, if I don't put a moisturizer on at night, I can tell that I didn't do, like my face feels it. Like I'm crusty. I'm flaky. It's terrible. So So does that mean even with makeup, you put moisturizer over top? Oh, no. Okay. okay. No, no, no. No, I mean, it's just as part as my skincare routine. Like I always have moisturizer on. Always. That's a good one. Honestly, for me, I'm so obsessed with skincare. My nighttime routine is what I look forward to every single night, even if I have like a super late night. But I would want to say... I don't know, because you didn't count your cleanser. You cleanse your skin every night? Yeah, every okay. night. This is just like the one product after cleansing, like 
that I will never, ever live without. Okay. For me, I, I would want to say my retinol because I know how good it is for your skin and what it does internally. So I feel like if I skip the retinol, then my wrinkles will start showing, hmm. you know? Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. But like I said, I feel like my whole nighttime routine is like me time. It's time to like wind down and I just feel so good. I have like 14 steps mm-hmm. in my skincare routine. So it's kind of hard to choose one. Yeah. I no, I agree. I, I like love my skincare routine too. I, definitely romanticize it it's my time yeah oh yeah for sure do you feel like there's any products that lately that you've tried that you kind of hate or you feel like it's not really as good as you thought it would be Mm, funny you ask well (laughs) something that I don't really like is um the height well I'll say I like it but it's the hydrinity spray we were actually talking about it today um I just feel like it's not that great. The highest inactive spray. I mean, I like the idea of it, like killing bacteria within 30 seconds, but I mean, I haven't been using it for like the past couple weeks and I don't notice a difference. I mean, I just like it because it's a part of my routine. It makes me feel good type thing, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't notice a difference as far as hydration, really as far as like any breakouts or anything. I haven't been super amazed by it. And I have a little like eczema patch on my eye and it's like the claim is like to help with eczema and it did nothing for eczema, so. And that bottle is expensive. It's yeah. like $60. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Since we're on the topic of skincare, what products do you use? Like, do you have one line only? I mean, obviously not because you use Hydrinity right. and then your other, but right. what do you use currently? Um, it's kind of all over the place because working at a med spa, you kind of get to try like new products all the time. Um, you get like free product. So I'll like incorporate it in my skincare routine just to try it out. But like what I definitely always use is skin better. Like there's some products that I always, always use, um, which is, let's see here. I always use the Maestro, which is newer to my routine, probably the past couple months. That's like one that I'll never ever be without in my skincare routine. And the Trio moisturizer, obviously love Mm -hmm. that moisturizer. Um, under eye cream, I kind of like bounce between whatever. I don't really have like a favorite that I've noticed to make a huge difference in my under eyes, but I really like the Zeho Skin Health Eye Brightening Cream because it has caffeine in it. Um, and I like the, let's see here, the Skin Better Eye Max one. I had a little sample of it, so I've been using that since I've had it, but I just genetically have really dark under eye circles, so... There's unfortunately not a product I've yet to find that's actually fixed them. I think I'd need to get like a procedure done to, <laughs> to no. fix my to fix my under eye circles because these bad boys are just genetic. I sleep mm-hmm. like a full night's sleep and I still have them. So it is what it is. And that's what I tell my clients. I feel like a lot of people come to me and ask like, what can I do for my under eyes? And if you're already using an under eye cream and you're using a vitamin C and it's not helping, unfortunately, my just not be genetics. Yeah. Um, do you use your trut still? No, no. <laughs> that's a whole oh, that's a story of how we messed up as a statistician on myself. Oh my gosh. This was these were beginning days of uh, SD life. And I um I got a little tube of tretinoin and I just thought it was like similar to like your retinol or something, and it was one percent. It wasn't even like 0.25% or like 0.5%. No, it was 1% tretinoin cream. And it was in the middle of winter and I just, I put a full, like a thick layer of tretinoin on my skin all over, just 
dabbed it on, layered it on, and just called it a day. Oh, my goodness. My skin was burning. I can feel it now. It was literally burning so bad. So I had, like, burning how marks. did you, like, did you get it from a dermatologist or where Oh, from my get? work because I worked okay. at a med spa so we can, like, get prescription, like, creams and whatnot so so if you don't know what tretinoin is it is in the retin a family but tretinoin is literally the purest form of retinol or retin a so it doesn't have to be broken down in your skin it's straight up vitamin a so it's a lot stronger and since darby said she's super super dry that was not a good not idea, a good idea. Nope. and i hadn't used any other like actives on like I hadn't used any retinols really or anything so my skin was not prepared for that at all you're supposed to ease into that and if you're gonna do that you should start on the lowest dose and then slow and steady use your way up to it but I just went right for the one percent did your coworkers not tell you how to use it no mm -mm. really I just went for it oh that's sweet of them I know <laughs> SD life yes um, I actually have never used tretinoin I kind of want to but I've been obsessed with the clear what is it? The clearing, clearing serum. serum. The mm -hmm. clearing serum from um, Skin Better Science. I've been using that for almost two years now. It has glycolic, salicylic, and retinol, but it's such low percentages that you don't get irritated from it. And I don't know if I'll switch from it. Maybe one day. Mm -hmm. But Darby has an advantage because she has worked at med spas. How many med spas have you worked at? Um, I've been at two. I'm at this second one right now. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I thought you were working at like another one or no. you mm -hmm. had another one nope mm -mm. cool Two. yeah if you uh, if you're a client or if you're not an esthetician there's a couple different routes you can take as an esthetician you can be kind of like a spa I don't know would you call it like a spa esthetician yeah yeah so you can work at like a relaxing spa and just kind of provide fluffy relaxing facials or you can work at a med spa where yeah like a medical quote yeah. medical esthetician and it's a little more invasive involves like getting in the deeper layers of the skin mm -hmm. and usually it takes like it's harder to get into it takes a little like you want experience so i would always recommend to like work at a regular spa do the fluffy facials mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that i enjoy doing fluffy facials still and then get that experience and then once you get that experience and kind of work the kinks out like you know all of our horror stories like get that all done with at mm -hmm. kind of a fluffy place where you don't have to mess there's more um, forgiveness as far as like yes. messing things up. Um, but yeah, get that experience. And then if that's something you want to do to work at a med spa, then do that. There's just more opportunities there, more invasive treatments and just more options. And it's super fun. I love that. You're kind of giving advice to maybe future estheticians or baby estheticians. Um, I mean, you already kind of gave advice, but what would you say to someone that's like first starting off in the career? Like mm. what would you tell you know, um, a baby esthetician. Let's see. I would say don't dis get discouraged and don't take anything personal. Like as far as clients, if they're like rude to you or whatever, don't really take it personal. It's more than likely a reflection on them. Um, starting out doing lashes was hard at first, like not taking things personal and lashes are, they're kind of a harder thing to like perfect. It takes a long time to master your craft and you know sometimes people can be ruthless and just think everything's your fault and so you just have to have thick skin and not take it personal now i don't take anything personal and like i do my due diligence of over explaining to clients on what they need to do at home to have you know good retention and whatever but at first i was just very like apprehensive and quiet and didn't really 
over explain to take care of your lashes at home and there's only so much I can do in the treatment room or you know whatever so don't take it personal and just stay patient and you're not gonna be perfect all like in the beginning like just work through those um harder times and you'll be fine love it what about you I would say, I mean, there's so many different things you can do as an esthetician. There's some people like myself that only work with skin. There's people that do everything or just waxing. Um, But I would say just continue your education because Mm -hmm. this career, there's just so much to learn. I continue to learn literally every single week, I feel like. And um, just don't stop learning because like we said earlier, once you finish school, you're not really confident in what you do and you're, you don't have all this knowledge. So continue learning and whether you are going to be working for a company or, you know, you're going to start your business, just do your best. Don't compare it to other estheticians because it does take a lot of work and a lot of patience, but you can get there and kind of, I guess, make friends in the industry. I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of people just see each other as competition, but mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. You can be friends and share knowledge and, you know, strive or what's the word? Thrive. Yeah. There's enough faces to go around. Like, seriously, you can't do them all. Why not support one another? I think that's one thing that's hardest about the industry is the lack of support. Mm -hmm. I've never understood it. And I would always recommend other people to other estheticians if I couldn't get them in or whatever. I, there's no point in not supporting. And it's just a bad look. And unfortunately, it's very common in this industry, at least around where we are. I don't know about other areas. but I feel like it is a common thing because I, I'm on a bunch of Facebook groups and I feel like a lot of estheticians say the same thing, mm-hmm. whether they're in California or Texas. It's just a very – it's a saturated industry, honestly. Like when I first started – I feel like nobody knew what an esthetician was because mm-hmm. I went to school in 2017. And when did you I go? was 2018. Okay, so not yeah. too far mm-hmm. um, apart from me. But I feel like every time I told someone I was an esthetician, they never knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. And I feel like nowadays everybody is an esthetician or mm-hmm. everybody knows what it is. And I don't know. But point is, we this is kind of why we wanted to make this podcast because we want to feature other estheticians. And if you're listening and you're an esthetician, um, business owner, <laughs> we would love to have you on the show and kind of just talk all things aesthetics and all things skincare lashes everything we just kind of want to make that community here because i feel like there's not a lot of statisticians supporting each other so hopefully we can change that yeah i love that we hope that you feel inspired that you've learned something that you can relate to us and yeah we just want to show that we're relatable and we're just your licensed estheticians in the west michigan area Mm -hmm. And if you have any suggestions or if you have any questions uh, or anything you specifically want to hear on Nothing is Off Limits, we're here yes. to spill some tea, <laughs> but also um, hopefully you just learn something. I don't know. Get inspired or yeah. whatever. Thanks for listening. And yeah, this um, episode might feel or sound a little rough in the beginning, but it, we're kind of trying we're to work the through kinks it. out. Yeah. yeah. We, we're a little nervous. I'm nervous. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, we've been wanting to do this for so long, and mm-hmm. it's just, like, for funsies type mm-hmm. thing, and uh, I just want a place to really talk about what we're most passionate about, 
because I can talk about this industry all day long and there's so much to talk about. So Mm -hmm. yeah, if you have any uh, suggestions of what should be our next episode or if you want to be featured on our next episode, please Instagram DM me because that's the best way you can reach me. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.